we are going over the Ten Commandments because this is a time where people have New Year's resolutions. I hope you haven't broken your New Year's resolutions already, you know, the second week in January. Hope you're doing good. If not, it's not too late to restart. New Year's resolutions I want to focus on is just simply following the Ten Commandments. Let's resolve to follow the Ten Commandments. That can be our New Year's resolution is to walk in the truths of the Ten Commandments, do the Ten Commandments through 2022. Because what would this world be like if everyone followed the Ten Commandments? I mean, if there was never any stealing ever, no murdering, there was no lying, there was no adultery, nobody cheating on anybody, not even any covetousness, nobody forgetting about God, nobody using the name of the Lord uh, in vain, none of that. What if we followed the Ten Commandments, just the Christians? Oh man, change the world. So let's resolve to follow the Ten Commandments. Last time we talked a little bit about how we're not under law, but we're we're walking in faith, we're under grace, you know, we're spirit-led, not law-led. So if you weren't here last time, I want you to catch up with that because it's important. We're not trying to create a new covenant law. You know, uh, I think that's a way that people can make significant theological mistakes is, is creating a new covenant law. Well, why would you do that? We're not under law. You know, we serve by grace. We serve in faith. We serve by following the leading of the Holy Spirit. But we can sure understand the principles of the law and understand the fulfillment of the law that Jesus brought. So again, we're not creating a new covenant law uh, that we get all legalistic and weird about, but instead we're learning the ways of the spirit. We're learning the heart of God by looking into the law. So for today's intro, I want to talk about being a disciple. So in Matthew chapter 28, it's Jesus is talking to his disciples after the resurrection And he is telling them basically the most important thing they need to get to. What is the mission? And so here we go. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what did Jesus tell his followers to do? To go and make disciples of all nations. What did that mean? That meant baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So initiate them into the group. Get them to follow the true God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and bring them into the group. Baptize them, bring them in, and then Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. So we are to yield to God, we're to be baptized, which is a a submission to God, turning our lives over to God. The old is gone, the new has come. We're crucified with Christ. We live a new life. That's baptism. And then we learn the ways of God and we follow the ways of God. So it's not about just having a basic, you know, idea about God in the background It's about submitting to God, joining the group, uh, you know, the family of God, and then learning the ways of God and living them out. That's what the Great Commission is, is to teach people to do that. And that's what we want to do. We want to not just have an idea, oh yeah, there's a God there and I hope I go to heaven when this is over. Not, Not that, but actually 
submitting to God, serving God, walking with God, learning the ways of God and living that out in this life. Not just lip service, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but really learning. So we want to live out the 10 commandments. Let us resolve to follow the 10 commandments. In order to do that, we got to know what they are. And again, last time we talked about the uh, the fulfillment of the law. So this isn't a legalistic following of the Ten Commandments. You know, we're not trying to figure out all the different Sabbath rules. Just make sure, man, you take some time to let go of the things of the world, unplug from that, and plug into God. Do that regularly. That's what that's talking about. So let's go back and let's read uh, from Deuteronomy chapter five. The Ten Commandments, we're going to do verse 1 through 22 again, like last week. Let's listen and pay attention to what these are, the Ten Commandments. Moses summoned all Israel and said, Hear, Israel, the decrees and laws I declare in your hearing today. Learn them and be sure to follow them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. It was not with our ancestors that the Lord made this covenant, but with us with all of us who are alive here today. The Lord spoke to you face to face out of the fire on the mountain. At that time, I stood between the Lord and you to declare to you the word of the Lord because you were afraid of the fire and did not go up to the mountain. And he said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not set your desire on your neighbor's house or land, his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. These are the commandments the Lord proclaimed in a loud voice to your whole assembly there on the mountain from out of the fire, the cloud, and the deep darkness, and he added nothing more. Then he wrote them on two stone tablets and gave them to me. So this is Moses talking about receiving the Ten Commandments on the stone tablets. He recites the Ten Commandments, and there you go. Amazing, amazing stuff. So last time we covered the first four that have to do with loving God. You know, how do we love God? Jesus said the most important commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
And so how do we do that? Well, we can get an incredible amount of information from the first four of the Ten Commandments. Have no gods before me. That means make sure that you're not following things other than God, no foreign gods, of course, but make sure that you're not walking in practical atheism, that you're actually following God. You know, that's, that's don't, don't forget about God for months. You know, like this is about walking with God every day, honoring, worshiping, serving God day by day. Don't have any idols, not even petty little idols, money, self, talent, your friends that help you. It's fine to have money and talent and take care of yourself and have friends. That's fine. But don't trust in them over God. We want to trust in God. No idols. Then let's not misuse the name of the Lord. You know, don't play the God card. Very important. Keep the Sabbath. Have a regular routine of letting go and plugging into the Lord. Very important. And today we're going to cover the final six that are about how to love your neighbor. These are about interacting with other people. How do we treat other people? What's the heart of God towards how we interact with others? So let's look at these. Let's start with the fifth commandment, Deuteronomy 5.16, which says, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So the first commandment off of how we treat God, how we relate to God starts with honor your father and your mother. So this is very important to God that we have an honoring culture to those who have gone before us, to our parents and, you know, to others as well, that we're respectful, that we honor others. Now, this can be a challenge. You maybe have already thought of that, that this can be a challenge, but, you know, it, it still is true. We need to honor our father and our mother. Now, maybe you had some bad examples, some bad experiences. It's been rough on you. And maybe you just have a different faith, a different outlook. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 10, 34 through 36, which we mentioned back in the uh, Seeking You Will Find series, Jesus said, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn, and then he quotes Micah, Old Testament prophecy. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. There can be times where faith differences create a lot of strain, you know, and you got to stand up for the truth, got to stand up for Jesus. You know, that's, that's important, but you can do that in a respectful and honoring way. And even if your parents were terrible parents, because I mean, I tell you what, there's a lot of terrible parents out there. Do your best to honor when honor is not deserved. Out of honoring God, out of honoring what God has done for you, out of honoring your heavenly father, show honor even if it's not due. Honor your father and your mother. I'm thankful that I had good examples of parents you know, they were not, they didn't lead me into the ways of God. But I tell you what, talk about giving people, people that were not interested in serving themselves, but they served their kids and did everything for me and my brother. I mean, fantastic examples um, other than the love Jesus part. But maybe your parents have been terrible and it was really rough. Then I want you to just focus on the fact that you have a father in heaven to be thankful for who loves you, who cares about you. And don't let your experience with your earthly parents taint your view of your heavenly father. You know, 
You've got a father in heaven that loves you, that isn't going to exploit you, that isn't going to forget you, that isn't going to abuse or hurt you. You have a father in heaven who is going to defend you and who is going to deal with the people who hurt you. So trust in him. So the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother. It can be difficult if you know there's various strains and that sort of a thing, but you can still be respectful. You can still be honoring, even if you don't get along in all the different ways. So that's number five. Number six, I love this one. You shall not murder from Deuteronomy 5.17. No murdering. That is so good. <laughs> we don't want to have a world full of murdering. No murdering. I think that's a pretty clear one. Hopefully, this isn't a big New Year's resolution for you. I'm going to, boy, I'm going to really cut back on my murdering. I hope <laughs> hope you're not in that situation. Or if you are, I hope you get into jail very quickly because that's just not safe for this world. But obviously, I don't think there's a whole lot of people here uh, that are watching that are murdering lots of people. Again, if you are, it's time to have done the last of it. But what is the fulfillment of this? If we go to Matthew chapter five, Jesus talks about, you know, that he didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And what does that mean with regards to thou shalt not murder? Let's go to Matthew 5, 21 and 22. Here Jesus says, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, rakha, which is an Aramaic term of contempt. So, you know, some, some sort of minor insult is answerable to the court. And anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. So what is Jesus saying here? He says, basically what Jesus is saying is it's not enough to just not murder somebody. You need to get the hate out of your heart. You need to get the contempt out of your heart. You need to not have a murderous heart while you are refraining from murdering. That's not the fulfillment of the law. We want to walk in the goodness of God. And that means that we walk in mercy. We walk in love, that we have a forgiving heart, a loving heart. We care about other people. So it's not enough to simply refrain from murdering, but we need to find the cure for our murderous heart. We need to find the cure for the hate we have, the contempt we have, the disdain we have for others because Jesus loves each one. He loved us when we were still sinners. We were acting the fool and he loved us anyway. And we're to love others how he has loved us. So we're to see others through the eyes of Christ, to see the love he has for him, the redemption that's possible. And we want to grab hold of that. And if we're harboring hate, if we're harboring just this bitterness, this disdain for other people, then we are going to fail at this. So we need to not have a murderous heart. Does this count for people who differ with you on political ideology? Yes, it counts. Does this count for people who differ with you on religious ideology? Yes, it counts. Does this count for people who differ with you on various social issues? Yes, it counts. Does this count for people who differ with you on how to approach the COVID pandemic? Yes, it counts. You don't get to hate anybody. We have to cure our murderous hearts or else we are not walking in the fulfillment of the law. Do not murder. So that can be kind of a big one. So took me a while to work through that. It's kind of a process of getting your heart right. You don't just necessarily choose and grit your teeth. We'll get to that at the end. So do not 
murder, no murdering. And then we need to find the cure for our murderous hearts. So there you go. The next one, Deuteronomy 518, the seventh one in the list, you shall not commit adultery. So no cheating on your spouse. You know, you got a girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, hey, understand biblical morality, wait for marriage, telling you. And then don't be cheating on your boyfriend or girlfriend either. Don't be cheating on people. Uh, This is a big deal. Don't be doing that. And then what's the fulfillment of that? Let's go back to Matthew chapter five. Matthew chapter five, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount is basically talking about how the 10 commandments are fulfilled. It's not exactly, you know, but he talks about adultery. So let's go to Matthew 5, 27 and 28. It says, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So what is this? Similar to the murdering one. You know, it's not just enough to refrain from committing adultery. You have to not want to commit adultery. You have to get your adulterous heart out. You got to find the cure for the adulterous heart. So in the the way of following God is, well, you can look, but you can't touch. Is that a Christian value? It is not a Christian value. That means that pornography is off the table. You know, getting off the porn, that's the application of thou shalt not commit adultery. The uh, New Testament fulfillment of that is don't be watching pornography. Don't be wishing that your spouse was somebody else, you know, in those sort of situations. That is having an adulterous heart. And so we've got to get that adulterous heart. Don't want to cheat. Don't want to substitute. Don't look, you know, don't, you got to get that out of your head. Now that's, you thought like not hating people was going to be tough. Well, this is another challenging situation because, you know, the thoughts can come, but here's the deal. If a thought comes, just take it out, you know, just comes in, take it out. It's not a sin to be tempted. Jesus was tempted in every way, just as we are. The sin is when you dwell on it, when you continue in it, just take it out. Hey, this is a dumb thought experiment, but I used to have the picture and then pretend there was like an explosion and destroy the idea. <laughs> It's probably a dumb thing, just something I did. I'm not saying you need to do that, but uh, it actually helped. You know, sometimes those dorky things can kind of help. And you get a thought, you know, you shouldn't be dwelling on. I would just picture it exploding and being gone. Like, all right, that's a little weird way that I was taking every thought captive. It's somewhat helpful. But the deal with following the do not commit adultery commandment in the fulfillment of the law in the New Testament as Jesus raises the bar so it becomes an attitude of the heart rather than an action situation is don't even have an adulterous heart. No porn, no fixating on somebody else. So there you go. No committing adultery. Then Deuteronomy 519, super important one, you shall not steal. So no stealing, that means no burgling, no robbing, no taking other people's stuff. Don't, Don't get to take other people's stuff. Don't take what other people have, even when it's not fair. There you go. Pastor Mike said that. Don't take other people's stuff, even if it's not fair. If somebody has more than you because it's not fair, don't take their stuff. If you feel a sense of uh, offense and resentment, then you let that fester. It will give you a feeling of justification 
in doing the wrong thing. It might not even be fair. Probably isn't. This life isn't fair. Uh, but you still don't get to steal other people's stuff. So no shoplifting, no pirating, no stealing from work, no stealing from individuals, no stealing. We don't get to steal. Instead of stealing, so what are you going to do instead of stealing? Instead of stealing, work. There's lots of people, uh, lots of places hiring right now. So I want to make sure you know that. So instead of Stealing work, one of the New Testament uh, principles we see in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 is this. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. So that's the biblical model, New Testament, New Covenant model is if somebody is unmotivated to work, then let them get hungry and all of a sudden their motivation shall change. So instead of stealing, go ahead and work. Last week, we talked about the Sabbath. Take your rest time, but not every day is a Sabbath. There's other days to work. You know, there's other days to, to get busy doing the, the job, earning an income, taking care of yourself so that you can help others. So don't steal. The ninth commandment, it says, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Deuteronomy 5, 20. No false testimony, no lying. This is a big one. Uh, and in today's world, this is a huge, huge one. So the fulfillment of do not give false testimony is be a person of truth. You know, be a person who lives by the truth, who loves the truth, who believes the truth, who walks in the truth, who speaks the truth. Be a person of truth, not a person of lies. Don't tell lies, don't believe lies, don't delight in lies, don't perpetuate lies. It's not good. Let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 44, I think is an important, there's a long dialogue there. You can read the whole thing, but verse 44 says, Jesus is having it out with the, you know, the Pharisees, teachers of law, that sort of a thing. And he says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The devil's language is lies. He is a liar and the father of lies. We don't want to be involved in lying. We don't want to be involved in untruth. You don't even want to delight in untruth. You don't want to, you don't want to go down that road at all. Be a person of truth. Be a person who believes the truth, who delights in the truth, who tells the truth, who doesn't just out of emotion say things that aren't true. Don't speak the language of the devil and also watch out for itching ears. Let's go to 2 Timothy, back into the T's here. 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4, it says this, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Too many Christians prefer conspiracies to truth. Love the truth. Tell the truth. Live by the truth. Okay? Don't play the fool because it's all going to come out in the end. If you are preferring lies because they're more entertaining, because your heart was hooked by the emotional manipulation of the internet algorithms and blah. If, if that happened, just throw that away and realize they're manipulating your itching ears and love the truth, okay? Too many Christians are preferring conspiracy theories to truth. Don't be like that. All right, the last of the 10 commandments is this. Verse 21, 
Chapter five, Deuteronomy. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not set your desire on your neighbor's house or land, his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So do not covet. This is a word we don't really use much in Western civilization right now because honestly, Coveting is something that's vitally important for our economic system. You know, it's, it's want stuff you don't have is what covet means. And uh, that means, you know, that we're to have a heart of not needing things that we don't have. Don't covet your neighbor's spouse. You know, don't be looking and being like, oh man, I wish I was married to that person. Don't look at their car. Oh man, I wish they're... I wish I had their car. The whole concept of keeping up with the Joneses is rejecting the 10th commandment to not covet. So it's an amazing commandment because it's a heart command. Even in the Old Testament law, a heart command, not an action command. So it's it's really a, a command of the spirit, not of the law, because there is no loophole in the, the spiritual ways of following God. Do not covet. There's no way to religiously comply, but rebel against that. You know, you just, you just have to get your heart right. So how do we do that? How do we grab hold of the fulfillment of do not covet? Don't want things other people have. Let me, before we get to that, let me ask you this question. How free would you be if you didn't want things other people had? If when you look on social media. You don't think to yourself, oh, well, I guess I don't have that. If, if you look, drive through town, you know, you look at other people's vehicles, other people's houses, other people's situations. If you never wanted what other people had, what would your life be like? How free would you be? Here, I think, is a good picture yeah, of a New Testament way of understanding the fulfillment of the 10th commandment, do not covet. I'm gonna go with Philippians 4.12. says this, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I think that's succeeding at getting covetousness out of our hearts. The Apostle Paul talking to the church in Philippi, hey, I've had times where I've had nothing, I've had times where I've had everything. That's not the answer. There's a way to, there's a secret to contentment in the heart. Let's, let's grab after that. Let me tell you, you are a lot more fun to be around when you aren't covetous, when you aren't jealous, when you're just not walking down that road. It's, you're gonna be a lot more fun to be around when you can celebrate other people's victories. And that's just a good place to be in your heart. So let's recap that. The greatest commandment that Jesus said, you know, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then Mark 12, 31, Jesus said, and the second is this, to love your neighbor as yourself. So how do we love our neighbor as ourselves? Well, let's, that's the next six commandments. The first four were how do we love God? How do we love our neighbor? Well, let's resolve to give honor where honor is due. Don't hold that back. Honor your your parents, even if it's not that great. Let's say you got an estranged situation going on there. It's time to reach out. It's time to be honoring when you do that. Honor your father and mother if you have the opportunity. Don't let that slip away. Give honor where honor is due. This is how we love our neighbor. Uh, Get the hate out of our hearts. You know, don't murder, but don't have a murderous heart. 
Let's have love and respect of our spouse. You know, do not commit adultery. Don't be cheating. Love and respect. Love and respect when distorted by the world becomes lust and violence. We don't want to live in lust and violence. We want to live in love and respect. And that's where the the fulfillment of do not commit adultery brings us into love and respect, honoring our spouse over time. Love and respect your spouse. And then don't steal, work and provide for yourself so that you can be a blessing rather than somebody that's taken from others. Be people of truth. Let's resolve in 2022 to love the truth, to believe the truth, to tell the truth, to be of sound mind. And then don't covet. Be content with what you have. Celebrate other people's victories. So, so important. Honor your father and mother. No murdering. Get the hate out of your heart. Don't commit adultery. Love and respect for your spouse. Um, Don't steal. Work those days that aren't Sabbath days, you know. Get some work in. Uh, Don't lie. Be people of truth. And then don't covet. Get that out of your heart. Let's finish up. Closing verse is going to be 2 Peter 1.3. 2 Peter 1.3 is a phenomenal verse that uh, if we can believe this, you know, if you can believe this verse, it'll change your life. It says this, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So, We have everything we need for a godly life. That would be following the Ten Commandments, the the new covenant fulfillment of the Ten Commandments. We can follow these. We've been getting everything we need. Basically, that means we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But we need the Holy Spirit of God. Walking in the new covenant, we are serving God by faith because we trust in God. We believe his ways are higher than our ways. His ways are good. He is just. It's good stuff. So we're walking by faith, trusting in God. We are in the grace of God rather than our own righteousness. We just walk in the grace of God, but we're also led by the spirit of God. And that's where when the Holy Spirit comes into our heart, that's where instead of having to fight to try to reject those hateful thoughts, having to fight to reject those lustful thoughts. That's when the Holy Spirit sets us free and we get that spiritual heart transplant. You know, our old, greedy, covetous, lustful, yucky heart that we keep trying to suppress so we can follow the rules. That's the way of law. Instead, we are crucified with Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. And we open our hearts to the Holy Spirit so we can be led by the Spirit and we can walk in step with God and he will lead us into uh heart compliance with his truth. And that's what we need. Because as you know, just like me, we can't grit our teeth and do this. We need the spirit of God. But we've been given everything we need. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So let's go get it. Let's yield to the Holy Spirit and walk by faith. So pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for fulfilling the law that we're not caught under law, but we're in the new covenant. We are saved by grace through faith and led by the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we we lay our hearts before you and where our hearts are not aligned with you. You know, we, we know not to murder and we're able to stop that, but getting the hate out of our heart is tough. Lord, we open our hearts to your spirit, wash that darkness away and fill us with your spirit that we can walk in love even in a broken world where there's hurt and where we've suffered. Lord, we have, you know, we can have lustful hearts. We can have 
covetous hearts. We can have these, these things that aren't right before you. But Lord, it's not about gritting our teeth. Sometimes we need to be disciplined. But there are the long-term answer is having that washed away and replaced by your Holy Spirit. So we open our hearts to you. We open our hearts to your spirit, not walking in the law, but knowing we are saved by grace through faith and walking in step with your spirit. So Lord, guide us in this so that we can in 2022 follow the 10 commandments. We resolve in our hearts before you to walk in the 10 commandments and to serve you mightily in this way. So Lord, help us with this, encourage us and give us strength so that we can be lights for you in this world. In Jesus name I pray, amen.